Yeah, I mean, I feel like work that is good, especially creative work that is good, has a real truth to it. And oftentimes that truth is very universal. Like we don't all have the same what if, but we all have something that we want to do and things that we feel held back by. And so that's what makes it really compelling and gives it that like universal truthness and makes it its own interesting story. Like it's, yes, it's a Pinterest campaign, but it's also something that I think any human on this earth can relate to. I love the idea of creating something for everyone, something that no matter who you are, you can relate to an idea and then create a moment in your life around that universal idea. It's just really beautiful. And I can think back to plays or experiences or films that moved me in a particular way, but it also moved the person beside me to action or it created a stir in someone's heart halfway across the globe. These pieces become movements almost. And man, movements are powerful. We'll talk about that and so much more during this conversation of the Story Podcast. While story invites us to ask powerful questions, your life and your story are shaped by the questions you ask. Where is your curiosity pointing? What is the story that you ache to tell? The only way to become a better storyteller is by telling more stories. To be a writer, we have to sit down and we have to do the work and we don't get up until it's finished. Your greatest work may not be seen by millions of people. Keep making anyway. Rise up, artists. Your canvas is the consciousness of this generation. The only hope we have are the stories we tell. Stories not bound by what is possible. We are proud to be storytellers. Not long ago, I was blown away by the opportunity to visit Pinterest headquarters, and more importantly, some of the amazingly creative people who work there, including Story 2017 speaker, Mackenzie Wynn. I am a very passionate Anglophile. I'm a mom of a two-year-old, a little rascal named Felix, and I work on the creative team at Pinterest. This week's podcast guest works at one of the largest tech companies in the world. McKinsey Wynn is a creative lead at Pinterest and has quickly become one of my favorite people. We first met at Story 2016, where she joined us in Nashville as an attendee. I heard from her immediately after the conference and quickly discussed her giving a talk at Story 2017. I absolutely loved the idea. I have shamelessly championed Pinterest as one of my favorite creative tools. My team and I use it a lot as we create inspiration boards for almost everything that we do. It helps expand our thinking and it expands possibility. Little did I know during my conversation with Mac way back in 2016 that she had never given a talk before. We'll hear more about this later, but I first wanted to learn about how she got to Pinterest. It's a fascinating story. Listen in. Tell me how you ended up here in this beautiful San Francisco building, Pinterest headquarters. Yeah, it's, it's, frankly, it's sort of shocking that I work at Pinterest because I was probably one of the last people to sign up for Pinterest. Um, I'm a super, super not technical person at all. My background is in print journalism. I worked for years for a magazine called Sunset. Um, all about life in the West. And um, there came a day, I think it was like probably the fifth round of layoffs that I'd 
been involved in it sunset when I just thought, you know what, I, this is not a sustainable way for me to keep writing. Um, I'm too stressed out about whether I'm going to lose my job, how I'm going to pay my rent. There've, there've got to be other places where I can write, where I can tell stories, where I can do editorial work that just where I can actually like have a job. <laughs> I think picture myself at that same place a year from now. And so, um, it was my sister who actually was like, uh, she had started at a tech company and she'd said, you know, there's actually a lot of cool opportunities that aren't technical, um, at tech companies. Like they need storytellers too. Um, they need writers and creatives to kind of help bring those brands to life. And I don't know, maybe, maybe think about it. Um, and so it was, it was kind of an interesting proposition. I spent like a year thinking about what, type of move I would want to make from print into digital. And um, for me, Pinterest was a really, a really good fit because it's, you know, it's a, it's a creative tool. It's a creative company. It has sort of the spirit of possibility and creativity. And um, for me, it, it, it was just sort of, there was like an instant love connection um, from when I signed up and there, there's like a real, there's a, there's sort of a feeling to this brand that I don't get from other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd had that same sort of um, feeling of strong brand at sunset. And so that's important to me, like um, having an emotional brand that people can like really connect with on a human level versus just being like a useful tool or app. No, you um, want to care about the work you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So um I just super strongly believe in what Pinterest is about and um, and that sort of helps me feel inspired every day when I come to work. Yeah, as it should. I remember when you were on stage at Story this past year, you talked about how you started at Sunset, which is a Time Inc. Mm-hmm. magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, you, were, you started as the assistant to one of the editors. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an assistant, you know, did you already see yourself as a storyteller? When, when was that moment where you go, I'm not an assistant, I'm a storyteller? That's a great question. Um, I think right away, like the day that I walked in and started, I, I, I knew that I was at the right place for me at the time and I could see all the creative work that other people were doing. Um, and right away I kind of volunteered myself to um, help other people with their work. It was fact check, whether it was fact checking or um, copywriting or doing supplemental reporting. Like I just wanted to be a part of what was happening. And luckily with my, my, you know, I was able to kind of divide my time between assistant duties and then, and then just hustling um, with other teams. And so, um, even even with my assistant role, I I tried to bring um, a creative spirit to it. Like I remember, I I, I would pitch the editor in chief ideas for um, for fundraisers, for um, different events that she could host. Um, I pitched story ideas. I just started crashing pitch meetings. So I was <laughs> I was really into it. I was very like I was working for ten dollars an hour, and I knew that I needed to like make my presence felt in order to make the leap. Um, and is that the fake it till you make it part of your talk that you're referring to? Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I think like, um, 
I think when you're new somewhere and you and you show, you're just kind of willing to throw yourself into it and hustle and um, people can see how much you care and how hungry you are. Um, and I think people are responsive to that. Like people, people helped me out um, when I was really like clear and direct and upfront about how much I wanted to um, to play. Yeah. And now you're a creative lead here at Pinterest and loving it. I am, What does yeah. your day-to-day job entail? So I've been really steeped in this uh, advertising campaign that we launched recently. It's called What If? Um, and it's all about sort of reimagining risks as possibilities and trying new things. And so right now, um, my day-to-day is thinking about what's next for this campaign. Um, thinking about how we can bring that what if spirit, um, not just to billboards in Times Square, but how can we get the whole company excited about, about this campaign? So most recently we've been, um, we just, uh, launched a what if Wednesday internal program here. So every Wednesday, um, we're, we're um, creating different sort of pop-up activations here at the office that you can try. You can step away from your desk, try something new. Um, That's cool. We launched a What If Awards. Every Wednesday, we pick 10 winners from the What If cards, the same What If cards that we handed out at Story. Uh We pick 10 What If winners, and then um, Pinterest uh, helps fund your What If. It's just a, it's a small amount. It's a small amount, but it's a, <laughs> but it's to and hopefully help you kind of take the leap and try that thing that you wrote down. If you were asked Story 2017, then you know exactly what she's talking about here. When Mac gave her talk, she explained the story behind this campaign about asking the right question. Instead of asking questions like "What if I fail." She chose to ask questions like, what if I kill it? She gave the entire audience cards so that they could write down the thing that they wanted to do. And I loved the way that they have carried this campaign through their entire company culture. Do people freak out sometimes? They're just like, oh, wait, I didn't think this was actually going to be a real thing. Oh, my gosh. Well, so one of them, we've gotten such a crazy mix of what ifs. We got... um, Somebody wants to take a beginner's martial arts class. Somebody wants to dye their hair blue. Somebody wants to learn how to build a ham radio. Like people have the most random and wonderful what ifs. Um, And so uh, we just announced our first 10 winners. And we're going to ask a couple of them if they'd be willing to like let us film them going through with it so uh, I think we're going to start with the gal who wants to dye her hair blue and so we'd like to go on that journey with her that's amazing capture it on film will that be be part of the campaign yeah and actually um, I got about 700 ish what if cards from story really and they are so beautiful I've actually read through most of them Uh um and uh, we want to photograph them like people people are so interesting and they're so eager to like everybody has something that they just really want to do and they're maybe a little scared to do it um and they just need that like little nudge or little sense of permission to do it um and 
hopefully with this campaign, we can we can inspire people to do that thing. I mean, for me, it was like I really wanted to um, I, I really wanted to give a talk and I wanted to share my work and I wanted to articulate for myself like my journey of leaving print and going to a tech company, hopefully to just inspire people that like, that was a really scary leap. And I felt like the most unqualified person to make that leap. And I did. And According so whatever, what's that? According to Amber. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amber, my internal nemesis. Um, but, but I mean, everybody has that leap that they want to make and for, for everyone it's different and it's like very individualized and, and whatever it is, you know, um, it can be part of your journey to, to, to go after it and take that leap. And yeah, I love that everything you're, everything you're working on is you're having to embody it all. You're basically having to practice what you preach. So it's like, I'm going to do this big giant campaign that asks people across our world. What if, and then the person behind that campaign, you're kind of going, maybe I should actually practice this. What if too, along with them. And that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, work that is good especially creative work that is good has a real truth to it. And oftentimes that truth is very universal. Like we don't all have the same what if, but we all have something that we want to do and things that we feel held back by. And so that's what makes it really compelling and gives it that like universal truthness um, and makes it its own interesting story. Like it's, yes, it's a Pinterest campaign, but it's also something that, I think any human on this earth can relate to. Um, and so I think that's, that's when work is really um, creative work is, is it's most compelling is when everyone can kind of interpret it in their own way and, um, and bring it to life for themselves. If you haven't caught on yet, Mac's what-if moment was to give a talk, and she got to do it on the Story 2017 stage. And guess what? She ended up being one of our highest-rated speakers on our surveys from last year. Seriously, she killed it. During her presentation, she talked about her self-doubt talker, who she has named Amber. I think one of the, one of the reasons why we sometimes aren't convinced that what we're going through is universal to everyone else, that universal truth you're talking about is because of the ambers in our life. It's something that you joked around about on stage at Story. It got a huge laugh. Tell us about Amber. I think we all have it, that internal voice of self-doubt. If it's not, it, it may not be an Amber for each of us. For <laughs> so me, there's it's, someone for, out there listening named Amber. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all the Ambers of the world, but everybody has their own version of, of Amber. That just rude, doubting uh, voice of like imposter syndrome that just doesn't entirely believe that you deserve the good things you get or that you're capable of going after what you want. It's just that it's that vo- that sort of nagging doubtfulness that that holds you back. And I think um I think everybody has their own version of what that looks like, what that sounds like and um and we all kind of have to like fight that voice off in some way. How do you um, do that? Look, I mean, it's something that I 
deal with all the time, um, especially doing creative work when you have to like sharing creative work and, and the process we go through at Pinterest, for example, involves a lot of like bringing people along, showing work in progress. Um, and it makes, it makes me feel very vulnerable sharing work. That's like, that I really believe in that I feel very strongly about that's very personal. Um, and having that be open for open to criticism and judgment and even even like feedback, I've had to learn how to be um, better just about about getting feedback on my work. Um, so it is absolutely like there's there's not just you know one pithy little thing I can say that that um, that makes that self doubt go away. I think it's actually sort of like a, a an ongoing discipline with yourself that you can kind of practice. Um, for me, one, one way that I'm thinking about these things, like I have felt very empowered by working on a campaign that's all about pushing past self-doubt to try new things. And I find that like s small little things can sort of domino effect in a way. Like, um, you know, if I, um, go into one meeting and share my work and I feel like I'm really well prepared and I ask for the type of feedback that I want and I really kind of um, feel good about the way that went that I'm that I feel more confident to take it to a larger group like mm -hmm. I, it seems it, it seems like you can kind of tackle it in a way where um, in smaller ways that lead to that help kind of embolden you to try um, and be comfortable with bigger things does that make sense yeah it makes total sense I think it's something that, like you said, we can all relate to because we all have it. And it's, you know, we joked around about this at Story, but like when you reached out about, and you said yes to giving a talk, we never had the conversation that you'd never even given a talk before. And you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll get up on stage in front of almost a thousand of my peers and give a talk for the first time in front of everybody. And so it just goes to show again that you're you're embodying all this stuff that you're not just pointing the finger at the world and saying, you people, you people should say what if and have the courage to step into some of those possibilities. You're going, we should say what if, and you're kind of like saying I'm right there along with you. Yeah, we should. So now that you've done that, what's your next what if? Gosh, well, um, <laughs> one of my most immediate upcoming what ifs is I'm going to, um, I've decided that I'm going to, dye my hair platinum on December 21st. Um, I, that's, it's more of a superficial one, <laughs> but I've always wanted to do it. And it's like right when Christmas vacation starts. So I'm just going to go for it. Um, and you say that's superficial, but I think sometimes those things are still tied to our creative process. You know, it's not, it's not that you're more creative because your hair is platinum, but the process of making that courageous decision to do something that maybe felt intimidating before it changes your attitude and your spirit towards your work and you come in that day slightly different, right? You know, it's so true. And actually, I don't think I should undermine that type of that type of what if because that's it that's an example of a smaller a smaller what if that I think actually can be really impactful. Like the very act of like, you know, dyeing your hair a crazy color, like maybe that helps you feel channel new parts of yourself mm -hmm. or feel more empowered when you walk into a room. Um, so, and if you, if to use your word, you have to practice, if you have to practice taking those steps, 
it's just another form of practice and maybe the next what if is a little bit easier. Yeah, I think there's like kind of a, there's a sort of a range of what ifs. Um, there's sort of the ones that you can try on a on a daily basis. And then there are some that like for me, it was giving the talk at story that felt like a real like a bigger one, one that really took me a year to prepare for just like mentally and emotionally. And, um, and, and it's fun to have that range, you know, some of them can be more epic and some of them can be more, you know, can be more sort of every day. Yeah. One of the things that I love talking about that I actually talked about today was the difference between childlike, the difference between being childlike and childish and how I think sometimes our, our unwillingness to be childlike or to embrace childlikeness, it's because of that voice of cynicism that's like, don't act like that. You're being childish right now. But there's a big difference in that. And what, you know, you the people listening to us talk right now, they can't see, but I'm, I feel like I'm speaking to Miss Keaton. Because um, <laughs> today is a Halloween dress-up day at Pinterest headquarters. Um, and it was interesting earlier giving a talk to your creative team and everyone's dressed up in costumes. Um, and so you guys seem to embody this hey, we don't care if this seems childish to the outside world. I was joking because we we walked up to the door of the Pinterest headquarters and the doors open and a clown ran outside. Yeah, <laughs> And that's never happened to me walking into a company's <laughs> headquarters before. That feels right. So you guys seem to embody that spirit. Where, where do you think that comes from? Because not every company has that. What is that childlike approach that you feel like Pinterest has embraced that has allowed you guys to be successful at what you do? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, well, the... Pinterest as a as a product and as a brand is just very playful and creative mm-hmm. and very personalized. Um, and so I don't know, in some weird way, like I think it 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 gives us license to express that creativity. Like it's Pinterest. It's for yeah. it's for like finding inspiring ideas and going and doing them in your real life. And um, I do feel like as a company since even since the very early days, like I, I think it it actually helps us do creative work to have to like take creative breaks to feel like we like we do a lot of um we do pin talks here where we bring interesting people in to talk about the work they do out in the world. It doesn't have to be at all related to Pinterest, but just having an interesting cultural life at work makes all work better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um we have fun here. We, um, I think, like having fun, being stimulated, being interested, like getting to be creative in your work cultural life is like it's important. It fosters like fostering creativity um, is is good for your work, you Absolutely. know. Um, yeah. And that can happen in a lot of different ways. And so. One thing that's cool about Pinterest is like, you know, interesting speakers, like we have, um, uh, you know, we do a lot of like creative team offsites. We share creative work every week um, at, our, at our creative team meeting that doesn't have to be related to, to Pinterest, but just like being enriched by um, inspiring work um, and sort of being steeped in a culture that's sort of all, always on the look for new and interesting things. It just, I, I do think that it like makes all of our work better. Um, we have people come and talk from like last week, we had the creative team from Dropbox come and share work with us. Um, and so really like trying to be a part of the creative community um, in San Francisco 
it has been, I, I think that's like more of a priority for us now because I, I think it, it absolutely um, makes, makes our work better to just be steeped around other creatives and yeah. more inspiring work. I agree. I agree. There's always the public perception of a company's brand. And then there's the reality of when you walk in and meet the people in the space. Yeah. And sometimes those things aren't always the same. And when I walked in today, you, you could get a sense that, gosh, the, the possibility that Pinterest represents to me when I'm laying in bed at night, scrolling through ideas on my phone, like you guys embody that. I felt that possibility when I walked in. And that means you guys are doing something special uh, and magical here. And I think that's why I'm such a big fan of Pinterest and of you and your work. And yeah, I say, keep it up. Um, in closing, with that perspective in mind, is there any any advice that you have? I mean, your mic is connected to a whole bunch of other storytellers out there. And some of them are listening right now going, gosh, I wish my the place I worked was more like that. Maybe speak to how they might be able to shift their perspective to going, how can you go contribute that to that place that you work? What advice would you give to people out there from what you've learned as a storyteller here at Pinterest? Well, I would say that um, I feel like my team really, I'm on the creative team at Pinterest and, and my team has really kind of helped establish the type of culture that we want here. It's not like, you know, HR at Pinterest said, okay, now go have fun and go, <laughs> go coordinate creative events with other teams. Like we actually have taken the initiative to develop those programs ourselves. I don't think it takes money. I don't think that it takes like that much extra energy. Like next time you have a team meeting, invite some outsiders, like get some outside fresh perspectives. Um, I don't know, do a team dress up day, whatever it is for, for your team, uh, maybe plan an afternoon offsite where you all go try something new. Um, I would say don't wait for your organization to sort of offer you things. I would say like go create the culture that you want. And people, I think people will meet you, people will meet you there. Um, you know, people, we spend so much time and energy at our jobs now and we want it to be fun and interesting and engaging. And it's like a big, I, for me, my job is a really big part of my identity and I need the time here to really count. Um, you know, and it, it, it's, it's kind of been this great fusion of like my professional and personal life. And um, I've made a really big investment in like in this team and in um, kind of be a part being a part of creating the culture that I want to be in. Yeah. And I don't think you have to like settle for, um, you know, for situations that, you know, that don't feel good. Like if you can bring that good energy and creative energy into your job, you'll just be so much happier. Um, and, and I think that there are some sort of, there are interesting ways to do it that don't involve like, you know, crazy resources and extra money or buy-in from executives, like just do things, you know? Um, so that's one thing I would say. Um, the other thing that I, I want to mention is just that I, I'm still, I was so moved, moved to tears actually by the what if cards that people filled out at story. And, um, I just, I hope, I hope that 
I'm going to be sending those back to people. But I really genuinely hope that all of those what ifs come to life because there are just so many beautiful, creative endeavors that people want to try, people want to make, um, and go do them because they're wonderful and um, you have permission and like the world is waiting for your what if. And so um, I was just so inspired to see those. Ignore Amber. Dude, Amber, shut up. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I love the theme of Pinterest's campaign, Max Talk and this interview. Try something new. When's the last time that you tried something for the first time? I'd love to challenge all of us, myself included, to just go out and do something that we've never done before this week, big or small. And I have a feeling that this something new could change the trajectory of everything. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Mac really is incredible. um, And I loved talking to her. And thank you again to her and all the creative team at Pinterest for giving me the opportunity to visit and tour their headquarters. It was an absolute blast. I hope that you caught our first StoryCraft episodes on Monday, where we give you a creative tip in five minutes or less. If you missed this week, go back and take a listen. I guarantee that it will give you something tangible to integrate into your work. As always, subscribing and rating the show on iTunes or wherever you listen is so helpful as we continue to serve the story community. Everything we do is created with you and your work in mind, including our membership-only platform, StoryCraft, where we post weekly premium video content and host a monthly interactive video live stream with creative professionals from around the world. Visit storycraft.co for more information. I hope to see you there. I am Harris III, and until next time, thank you so much for listening.